Hey everyone, welcome back to yet another episode of Alf Metallica. This is your host here, Tom Quee. We are here yet again, another Metallica song, another Metallica cover as well. We've been doing loads of those recently. This is a fucking huge one, this is. You know, the Ronnie Rising medley, this tour de force of james dio tracks but to me and we'll discuss this with the guests as well it's as much as a richie blackmore tribute you know there's some outstanding playing throughout made up of five songs here but uh, if you're new to the show if you haven't listened to the show it's myself and a guest for the most part you know i do prefer it if you look back in the archives of alpha talica you'll notice a certain unpopular songs lulu had to cover a load of them solo and whatever just just check out the solo episodes they you know they're kind of different uh more sprawling t- messier episodes but uh but yeah please subscribe to the show and if you want to come on the show metallicapod at gmail.com get in touch with me there um i actually would like to do an episode on through the never which I've never really watched properly, never really thought about, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, I want to watch that again and do, like, a long-form deep dive. So if you want to come on and discuss that, maybe you don't want to discuss a song. Maybe you don't want to discuss, you know, um, the Swiss Beats collab that I've made before. Still no one has picked that up, and, you know, I'm, I'm not surprised. Don't let it be a solo one, please. So, yeah, Patreon is there. iTunes is there. You know, subscribe to us on all the different platforms you want to support. Patreon, you get access to the So What files, um, like a little week early or something like that. So, yeah, that's a really fun video series I've been doing. I'm going to mention that a little bit later in the emails. Uh, send me an email as well get in touch but um yeah best thing about this show along with metallica are the guests themselves and you know happy to be joined again uh, by another listener all the way from dublin gerard how's it going man very well tom thank you pleasure to be on the show you and metallica then like wh- how old were you what happened when did you first hear them <laughs> what happened to you um <laughs> Yeah, uh, I okay. I'm almost forty, so in the early nineties, so mm. I was into at about maybe let's say about nineteen ninety, nineteen ninety one. Guns and Roses were the biggest thing in rock music, I guess, yeah. Yeah. and uh, that's what I would have been into first. And I still love Guns and Roses, but I remember um, the Freddie Mercury concert was on. The tribute to Freddie Mercury mm-hmm. concert was on. Um, RT, which is our equivalent of BBC here, yeah, and yeah. it was on radio and it was on TV, yeah, simulcast as they called it back mm-hmm. in those days. And um, I was looking forward to seeing Guns N' Roses, but I was aware of other rock bands like Metallica, like Def Leppard, Extreme, all these different bands. So I sat down to watch this. I don't know, I was maybe 12 years of age or something, looking forward to Guns N' Roses. And I can't remember if I'm right with the order, but it worked like... I think it was Extreme Guns and sorry Extreme Def Leppard Metallica Guns and Roses. I think I'm mm-hmm. right. And Great. Extreme and Def Leppard were all right. They were okay. Yeah. And Guns and Metallica came on stage, and I thought, who are these guys? They were incredible. And as soon as I got to school, the next I think that was during the summertime. So the next year when I got to school, I started asking a few of the kids in the class about Metallica, and one of the guys had Black Album mm. on uh, on a. a a blank cassette, a C90, as they were called those days. And he copied that for me. And as soon as I put that in the Walkman and heard the opening riff to Enter Sandman, I was hooked. And I had to get all the previous albums. And I didn't do them in the correct order, you know, Kill Em All, Ride the Lightning, Master Puppets, and Justice for All. I just kind of sourced them amongst friends and people and old, people's older brothers and getting you know, copies of copies of copies where you could only hear half the half the music came through the right ear and nothing came through the left <laughs> ear. This kind of stuff, like yeah, 29 yeah. generation copies of 
all this Metallica stuff and I really got hooked into it then and just loved it from day one. And going through beyond that then, you know, into the loads, into S&M, whatever, say Anger, like, what has your fandom been like? Have you ever wavered? Because, you know, you've been a fan for a long time, uh, much longer than a lot yeah. of people. Like, has it always been something dear to you, Metallica, or...? Yeah, um, always stuck with it. Never unwavering support, yeah, you might yeah. say. Nice. And e- even through some of the harder times, <laughs> and um, you know, uh, like I remember the first album that was coming out while I was uh, a fan of the band. The one that I was really looking forward to was the Load album. And as soon as I heard it, as soon as I remember buying the Until It Sleeps uh, CD single okay. when it came out, nearly running home with the thing under my arm, and um, I loved it from. And, you know, like maybe I wasn't old enough to appreciate the drastic shift. To me, rock music was rock music, whether it was really heavy, really whatever. And I just thought the fretless bass intro to Until It Sleeps, I just hooked straight away into that. It's different Metallica, but it's still Metallica and it's really, really good. Great song. Love the Load album. In hindsight, you know, you chop a few songs here and there out of it. But um yeah, and on through the albums then, Reload came out, loved that, not as good as Load. And then there was that run in the late 90s where I remember reading an interview with Lars in Kerrang! magazine and he was saying, our idea is to get something out every year for the rest of the mm. 90s. I thought that was such a cool idea. Yeah. In hindsight, there was some talk of they had obligations to fulfill and just rattled out releases just to effectively buy themselves out of contract. I don't know how true that is, but anyway. Yeah. Um I loved all the stuff they dropped in the, um, I can't believe I said the word dropped, but I loved all the stuff. <laughs> I'm too old for that. It's good. But I loved it's all fine. The- dropped is fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I loved all the stuff that they released in the, you know, the annual Metallica day in the 90s. You know, the Garage Inc., which was absolutely amazing. I, I knew all the stuff on the second CD already, but the new stuff and the sound of it was just incredible. I loved the choices of songs they picked. And then S&M, I think, blew everybody away. It was so cool. And then moving forward into St. Anger, um, I was crazy looking forward to it. When it came out, I listened to it, I think, almost daily for about six months. Mm. And as the years have gone by, I've listened to it less and less and less. But I still jump back into it occasionally uh, and then Death Magnetic came out and loved that from day one I think the first song that was released from that was The Day That Never Comes and I just thought this is uh, this is Fade to Black plus one I'm in you know and mm-hmm. uh, all, pretty much all the way even even some of Ludo if you take out Lou's voice I loved it and um, yeah and on to obviously Hard Word which I think is great as well so I've I've been pretty much unwavering in my support day one. So just before we get on to Ronnie James Dio and the medley itself, the tribute, which obviously was on Hardwired, but originally was on a 2014 covers album. Um, with have you seen the album cover to This Is Your Life? This tribute. Yes, I have. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's fucking brilliant. Actually, it's just basically Hetfield. Well, just a panoply of stars really here from Jack Black to Corey Taylor and Scott Ian with yeah. a chainsaw and just just all of them just like coming on you know on mass at you as a listener Satan behind chains akimbo <laughs> right if, if, I don't think you can see them but underneath them the, there is the four horsemen of the apocalypse they're underneath yeah. the four horses are there underneath them as they all gallop towards you 
<laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's quite a sight to behold. So guys, definitely go and seek that out. But just before we get to this, uh, two quick emails. First email comes from Jason Katz. He says, "Tom, I just wanted to give you props on the new So What YouTube vids. Awesome to see the So What mags were what they were like back then. Really enjoy your hilarious commentary. Keep it up, mate." So. Yeah, thanks again to Jason, and go seek them out on YouTube if you're interested. I'm going to try and do one a week-ish, you know, maybe every 10 days, something like that. But yeah, they're not, you know, they're, they're fun to put together, and uh, yeah, people seem to be enjoying them, so go check them out on the YouTube channel. And uh, the final email, uh, the second email <laughs> is also the final one, uh, from Megan, Megan Fazakli. She says, Hi Tom, I'm Megan, a huge Metallica fan and Alpha Metallica listener from Adelaide, Australia. On your Prince Charming episode, you ask listeners to get in touch if we know what the lyrics mean. My interpretation of Prince Charming is that it's about negative judgment and nature versus nurture. What makes one bad? The character in the song is seen as bad by his parent society or both. It's both nature and nurture. We all have an inherent darkness in which can manifest in self-destruction. I'm the 45 that's in your mouth, such as, you know, the marks inside your legs. Arms spell me, spell only me. So... Yeah, we get this huge, you know, essay, uh, interpretive screed here from Megan that, uh, you know, is really impressive. And she ends with, I can't tell you if that's what James intended, but that's my take on it. I'm incredibly excited to see Metallica in their first stadium tour of Australia in October. Their 2010 shows in Adelaide on the Death Magnetic Tour were the best times of my life. Metal regards, Megan. And Megan is going to come on the show soon as well to do an episode. If you've got any further interpretations or any sort of correspondence there, metallicapod at gmail.com. But, um, Gerard, getting into the, the main feature then, like, are you much of a Dio guy? I mean, this is a you know tribute to the unfortunately deceased Dio. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, b- before I heard this, I would have been familiar with some of the stuff that he did over the years. We'll say um, Holy Diver, uh, the album, or the, well, the album and the title track, Holy Diver, and a few other songs from that album. Uh, Rainbow in the Dark and a few more of those things. I would have known some of the Sabbath stuff you know heaven oh, and yeah. hell and bits and pieces there but the song that i knew most of ronnie james deal was actually stargazer which um now i'm going back to about 1994 or 1995 i remember i bought a kerrang compilation double cd with uh with you know kerrang contemporary with all the k's and then kerrang classics also with loads of k's <laughs> you could picture it and uh, on the classic CD was, you know, a lot of the usual stuff, Motorhead, Juice Priest, Black Sabbath and Rainbow Stargazer. And I I remember remember actually loving that song from day one, the big drum intro from uh, yeah. Cozy Powell, uh, the big, huge riff. Load-esque, that riff, I think. Oh, it's, it's got the, the five seven swagger. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? It's got that yeah. sort of, yeah, it's got that, that attitude. It kind of works a bit better on Stargazer. Gazer. I don't know why, it kind of breathes a little easier. But yeah. but yeah, yeah, Dio for me, again, I'm sort of similar to you, not too au fait with the majority of his stuff. Do admire him. You know, I think it's a very cool story as well that he was an elf that I think was supporting Deep Purple and that's how Richie became cognizant of him and then they were to do green sleeves initially with the band and then it became a fully-fledged album. And, you know, Rainbow was this kind of, you know, wild roundabout of members around orbiting around Blackmore, essentially. You know, Dio wouldn't last more than three albums, I think. But yeah, I'm familiar with their first and second album. Obviously, the second is the most important one here. But... um they did some great work together. Like, you know, I mentioned this before on the, uh, you know, Sabracadabra episode that I compared Sabracadabra to Rainbow, explicitly the song Black Sheep of the Family off the debut. And, you know, there's this kind of, there's this carefree trundle that's still very metal 
in its aspirations there's lots of harmonizing and you know there's lots of kind of the the melody lines go to a certain operatic tenor at times like you know it, it works as a whole doesn't it the song stargazer has yeah. um i'm just reading about it um actually in doing my little bit of research for this song or this uh, this podcast i listened to all the the original songs mostly from the the rising album the rainbow rise and they're all brilliant they're all mm. fantastic uh you know but stargazer uh i believe that there's the munich symphony orchestra on it and it's really really classical and operatic especially towards the end i'm coming home i'm coming home that part is absolutely fantastic um and blackmore solo in it is incredible let's get into the ronnie rising medley as a whole then kicking off so again as we say there's a you know a quintet as it were of songs here uh, a light in the black opens us up quite a short segment from the song essentially forming the the opening riff the intro riff like i mean what i was saying before are you do you concur like because it, it's as much a blackmore kind of thing isn't it like you know there's so much of him all over this oh yeah all over the all over each of the songs yeah. on it uh a light in the black it kind of bookends the medley it starts with that riff and ends again with that riff mm-hmm. and the, the riff is i just made a little note huge riff and the descending riff at the side you know and they put a harmony metallica put a, add a harmony at the end of that and really 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 is really cool at the start really kicks it off well the original song i don't know you you, you probably have heard it mm-hmm. it's a real epic it's about nine minutes long yeah <laughs> and uh, i was i was looking at the rainbow album and the second side side b or side yeah two yeah with, the with stargazer yeah yeah there's two mm-hmm. eight minute plus songs and side two fantastic <laughs> the, the the one crime and you know i did know this going back to this song from when i I had listened to rising like a few years ago and you know enjoyed it obviously it's heralded as this this classic which it is there's a song of it the actual shortest song on the record do you close your eyes do you know that one no i don't know that one that's like legit probably my favorite song on the album actually a really kind of yeah because blackmore to me he was obviously this monster lead player like you know listening to uh, in rock recently and the song speed king is yeah, mind-blowing track but but he was great as a rhythm guitar player as well imbuing it with that kind of lead mechanics you know and that 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 like he never folds back it's never really the dio show like he's always fucking going mental behind like oh yeah i think i think uh, blackmore had a fairly strong opinion of himself and you yeah. can hear that in a lot of the stuff That's he did true. with purple uh, purple and uh, he was a bit i think he was a bit known as a bit crazy back in those days and uh just speaking of deep purple the machine head album is absolutely mm. uh, my favorite purple album yeah a lot of cool stuff but maybe i'm a leo top. yeah yeah bam, ba, da, da, mm-hmm. bam, ba, that's fucking great cool. riff yeah the, i mean the, yeah the fucking highway star solo as well yeah it's got a lot of those um he plays a lot of kind of tremolo picked and open string stuff. Um, kind of Kirky, like Blackmore and Kirk yeah. kind of solo a bit. Obviously, Blackmore shits on Kirk every day of the week, but like they both do that kind of frenzied spasm of like almost too many open yeah. string notes. Like, yeah, yeah, and you can hear it on uh, I don't know if we're jumping forward, mm-hmm. but you can hear Kirk solos in the Kill the King section yeah. of the medley. Absolutely, and he really does try his best Blackmore impression. And when you compare Kirk's version. The, the original version, there's no comparison. Blackmore is absolutely miles ahead. But Kirk does a great version, I must say. It's pretty good. 
I mean, in this section in particular, but I guess, you know, across the whole song, what what do you make of Hetfield singing here? Because he is in new territory. Yeah, it sounds... Um... It sounds it sounds really good. I think the over overall the production of the song or the, let's call it a song medley, whatever. Overall the production is great. I remember hearing it back in when it came out, so 2014, and for, before that you had you had Saint Anger, you had Death Magnetic, and they had their both of them had their production and mixing issues. Then you hear this, and it's just wow! It's garage ink level, and it's a kind of a. I suppose the sign of things to come with hardware, how good the whole thing sounds. But getting back to Headfield, um, yeah, I think I think his and all of the performances on the track are absolutely top notch. Um, he sounds especially especially good, and it does. Yeah, he does phrase things a little differently because obviously he's singing Dio songs, but mm-hmm. he does uh, he phrases things a little differently, hits a few notes that you wouldn't expect him to hit, and the lyrical content obviously is much. Much different to the newer stuff that Metallica it's, have done. Yeah. One, one little note of that: there's there's one or two sections in it, and I don't know if it's me being a bit cynical, but I think there's a little auto tuning on some of them. Okay. Um, maybe Stargazer. Um, maybe I'm just being a bit of a cynic, but uh, actually, maybe. do you know what? Forget it. We'll, we'll just say that he, he worked really hard. Well, I mean, they, you know, they do make changes, like comparing it to the original in the deep in in the original of the Rainbow. There's Moog. You know, these keyboards kind of here. It's yeah. more Kirk warring out. Yeah, and there's some some tonal. Uh, there's, I think, uh, in Tarot Woman, um, at the beginning of that, after the transition from a light into into black mm-hmm. to Tarot Woman, there is a nice kind of synth-like uh, guitar tone on Kirk's. I don't know that it blends the wad tone with something else in the studio, but it sounds really nice. And it's a little little hat tip to the. The, the Moog stuff and the original uh, Rainbow recordings. Tarot Woman, like, you know, has a real ripping quality to it. Like, there's a very sort of, you can tell it's from the mid-70s in its composition. It just has this breathless pulse. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's a fantastic track. And I listened to the original a good few times now in the last few weeks. And um, I, I absolutely love it. Um, and I must say, Headfield does a great job. It's one of the highlights on the whole thing in the the chorus parts of tarot woman sure he's vocal superb in that and uh yeah just really really good yeah it's a a twisty chorus again it kind of has those archways that i mentioned before of the lead singer you know dos tropes here and of course you know we mentioned blackmore before but really dio's stamp and the shapes and the directions that he goes in obviously the originals are unparalleled and we get into Stargazer, which I like the transition here, incorporating the drum intro in itself. You know, um, th- uh, there is a bit of a pause after yeah. Tarot. And I was thinking, uh, I would have, well, I would have. <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I had my wish, they would have done something maybe a little different. But uh, Lars does his own little shortened version of the, the original's drum intro. The original drum intro is this huge, massive thing very mm-hmm. technical sounding I'm not a drummer but it's very technical sounding and Lars just does his Lars version of it but it works well and it leads into the riff and everything takes off from there but I don't know about the transition myself just from uh, from Tarot Woman into Stargazer it just kind of stops and then the drum uh, riff comes in I don't know that's just an opinion I mean we mentioned before it's got this Lodi riff yeah the swagger the yeah. five seven. I just uh, like 
I don't know, like, come to, you sometimes you think about the 5-7 thing, and it's like, well, the main Rift on Justice for All has 5-7 in it, but it's kind of subverted I, a little, I think. Yeah, I know. When you say 5-7, I mean, you could... A lot of rock music is based on that yeah. part of the guitar. You can, you can drop... You can go... You can drop that down, and you're in the key of A. You can bring it back up, if you know what I mean. In your mm-hmm. E, you know. Oh yeah, it's it, it's a commonplace, and it's just you know it's it an depends attitude on, as much as it is a tablature yeah. form. Like it's just you can have a five seven yeah. band, but they never actually play five and seven on the guitar. But they just sort of it's it's yeah, you're right. It's it's more it's more an attitude and a, a swagger or a groove or something rather than mm-hmm. the, where, the, where the fretting hand or the, yeah. where the notes are. <laughs> I mean, it's a bit of an existential way to look at it, but but yeah, absolutely. And yeah. it exists in this song and it works in this song. It pays off. And this is, you know, it's mad because I've mentioned him before on the podcast and I just want to give this guy as much publicity as fucking possible. His name's Pete Pardo. Search him on YouTube. He's probably my favourite musical critic, basically, online. And he just does top tens of 70s and 80s rock bands. And this guy fucking knows everything. And his favorite band is, um, uh, well, he doesn't actually, Deep Purple's his favorite band, sorry. So he's a giant Richie Blunt fan. But obviously he loves um, Rainbow as well. And Stargazer is actually his favorite tune. So I was excited to see this because I just learned that recently. And, I mean, as a track in of itself, obviously Metallica, you know, they put it in a little capsule to a certain extent. They don't play the full thing. It's just a segment, a piece of the pie. But they, they capture that majesty of the song quite well, I think. Yeah, they do. They do. Uh, I, it, would have been, it would have been interesting if they got <laughs> some sort of orchestral arrangement in behind it. But I think it works <laughs> just fine the way they have it. And um, yeah, do you know what? When I hear it, I think I'd love to hear a full version by Metallica. Actually, for all of these songs, mm. I'd love to hear a full version of A Light in the Black, um, Tarot Woman, Stargazer, Kill the King. I'd lo- to be honest, I'm just a huge fan. And I'd love to hear more of Metallica playing this type of stuff. But um, this little picture into it, this, I suppose, a sample of what they could do and will never do is, you know, five rainbow covers in full but uh it's a nice little little sample that we can all enjoy oh man i mean i mean just the very act of them doing this is such a gesture isn't it like it's so metallica that every other band did one song and they're like oh well we'll do four exactly (laughs) we'll we'll do five but it's technically four but still we'll do a lot we'll you know we'll really pay homage and and they pull it off well getting into kill the king which a lot of people rank as their favorite part of the song I agree. Um, I think I wrote my note, my little notes here, quite simply awesome, superb and all aspects. Everything is good about this. I mean, the transition from Stargazer into this, Headfield is on fire, the mm. guitar harmony sections. Uh, I said before, I loved Kirk's solos here. He does his best to channel Richie Blackmore, the tremolo picking style, the open strings, the pull-offs. Uh, I think, like, talking about production earlier, just... Um, everything sounds great here. The bass tone sounds great. Lars' drums sound great. Everything. I, I think the original is great, but Metallica. I think this is the this is the one that they. I think they surpassed the original because they really make they speed it up and they really own it. If you know what I mean. Getting into, I mean, th- this song. Obviously, there's a Megadeth song called "Kill the King," which I did listen to on Spotify recently. I was like, was that a cover? Because I didn't really even remember the song, but. Yeah, it's not the same song. The verse has the singing, has a real predatory waspish pounce to it, and the chugs and the pick scrape, and it's quite Metallica-esque. It's real heaven in that way. It's a great synthesis. 
yeah, they really they really sprinkle the Metallica dust on it. Mm-hmm. They really do, and uh, it's all the better for it. It's it's really really good. Actually, just I mentioned Lars there, and I think his performance. Throughout, I know he gets an awful lot of criticism, but his performance and the sound of the drums on this whole medley sound great to me, to my ears. But as I said, I'm not a drummer, so I don't uh, understand the technique stuff, but it sounds good to me as a music fan. And uh, I just remember from at the time when I heard this first, when it came out first, I was blown away by the medley and I went on the old... Uh, it used to be PPM on the Metallica forums, Poor Posting Me. It was a kind of a fan club forum thing so i said i need to get on here and see what the reaction to this is and i just remember one post from it still to this day and one guy wrote something like lars is that you <laughs> which i thought was very funny <laughs> but i think he's great throughout really really good and the bass tone sounds great especially when lars is playing really really quickly in that section and the bass is just buzzing along with it it's really really cool got some big kirk solos going down yeah, yeah, he really does, as I say, channel channel Richie Blackmore. Oh, yeah. Good effect, um, but as I also said earlier, not as good as the original, no way whatsoever. No, no, it's still fun to listen to, and, you know, it is slightly overlong to some, but that's kind of the point, and I think he works well in this guise, and it does wrap up, as we said before, um, you know, back into A Light in the Black, which is a nice bit of symmetry, right? Yeah, they bookend it nicely like that. And the transition, like I was talking about the transition earlier from Tara Woman into Stargazer, and I said I didn't really like that. Mm-hmm. But the transition from Kill the King into the reprise, I guess you'd say, of A Light in the Black is perfect. It has that perfect Metallica medley transition where they just bang out a few power chords and you think, where is this going? And then it goes back into the main riff that opened the thing. Uh, it just works perfectly it reminds me of the transitions in the merciful fate medley which by the way i think is better than this one but that's another story that's just an opinion but um yeah Yeah, yeah, i agree agree. and it ends and it ends really really well they really uh what do the guys on that other metallica podcast say they do a big trash can ending yeah yeah, those guys sounds absolutely amazing love it and as we always do, we go to you guys on Twitter at MetallicaPod, Sabbath Bloody Podcast, who I recently had on for the Sabbath Cadabra episode. Go check that out. Great episode. It says, Rising is one of the most important rock albums of all time, and they pay a great tribute to it here. James finds a great spot vocally to do Dio without sounding like a hack. A younger hat might have pushed it and blew it. And the Stargazer riff, goddamn chills. Rouse says, great tribute to Ronnie, masterfully done by the boys here, plus they managed to combine four rainbow songs into one giant beast of a song, without it sounding disjointed. Sign me up for more of that, please. Bob says, pretty rad melody. I'll admit I wasn't very, uh, medley, I'll admit I wasn't very familiar with Rainbow, but based on the song's met cover here, I can see why they love them and appreciate the Dio Blackmore material. Awesome riffs and lyrics akin to some of the Kill em All imagery. Phil's saying the first three tunes they cover here are great, but it's when they get to the Kill the King that this medley just takes off. The guitar and vocal work have such a great energy to them that I often repeat this part a couple of times with every listen. Uh, like all of Metallica's medleys, Mike says it's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, people are going, you know, out the window on this one, quite understandably so. Any um, closing thoughts on the medley? Uh, no, I think we've done everything. Uh, I would I just think of, uh, when we were talking earlier about how this is a sample of what might have been, you know, Metallica recording four rainbow songs in their entirety. I think everybody would agree uh, 
if you could do a fantasy uh, garage ink, you know, and just remove the four Motorhead songs and put in four full versions of these songs instead. So, uh, yeah, let us know, guys, down below. Um, subscribe to the channel, email me metallicpoddit.com, what you make of the Ronnie Rising medley. Just some quick five questions for you then, Gerard. What is your favourite Metallica song? Um, oh, um, I'm going to pick an old song, but a live version of an old song, and it's Fade to Black, and it's a version from the Moscow gig in 91 or 92, whenever they mm. played that monster gig in that um, oh, air. Yeah, yeah. Toshino oh, Airfield, yeah. That's the one. Uh, that was on b-side of i think wherever i may roam and i had the single years and years and years ago and i've nice. always preferred that i actually heard that before i heard the ride the lightning version oh. i've always preferred that and i think that'll always be probably my memory of metallica that that version of fade to black yeah i mean we've done an episode on that, that could change that could change uh, by yeah. tomorrow of course yeah. <laughs> it, it could, could be the ronnie rising medley there's nothing wrong with that like you know just let us know what your favorite song is it could be blackened or it could be something yeah. else, you know. Yeah, Creeping Death's probably going to be in there, probably. Of course. Not gonna <laughs> uh, what about album by the band? Um, I was thinking about this and I just came up with a one, two, three. So uh, number one is Master of Puppets. Number two, Black Album. Number three, Ride the Lightning. But Master of Puppets for me, definitely number one. Favourite member of the band? Uh, it has to be James. Yeah, it does. It, it obviously does. Yeah, it really Ultimately, does. The, he's, yeah, the heart, yeah. he's, the, he's the heart and soul of the whole thing. Lars, you know, he he keeps the whole thing on the road and organizes everything. <laughs> but ultimately, it's down to the main man's songwriting ability, his singing, the lyrics, everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, seeing the band live. Have you seen them live many times or at all? Yeah, I've seen them um, ten times, and I'll be seeing them on Saturday in Slane. So I've seen ah, them uh, nice. recently. I've seen them recently in Lisbon, um, only a few weeks ago, and I saw them first in 1996. My first ever concert ever was Corrosion of Conformity in Metallica in 1996, uh, with the stage collapsing like the Cunning Stunts video, and uh, just an incredible, uh, incredible show. But I've seen them. Ten times, so Dublin for the most part, but I also saw him in London at Wembley in, in 2007 and I saw him in Belfast in um, 2010. Lisbon in the indoor gig there on the indoor uh, war, uh, hardwired tour and then Lisbon only recently and Slane next Saturday, so looking forward to that. And if you were to do a podcast like this about a band that you love, what's a band you'd like to cover? Yeah, uh I was thinking about this also, and I don't think I can ramble on for any band as much as I could with Metallica, but there's a lot of Metallica out there, so I'll, I'll leave that one go. Um, but looking at the other ones, I'd be looking at stuff like Led Zeppelin, I could ramble on, pardon mm -hmm. the pun, for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, Black Sabbath, we'll say Early Sabbath, but uh, I think you mentioned him earlier, Rye doing a great job. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I'm going to leave Don't step I'm on gonna his leave turf, him. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But two other bands, I'm not sure if Mastodon have a podcast, but I'm a big fan Whoa, of theirs. I don't think they do, but if you did the Blood Mountain episode, I need to come on and discuss that album. <laughs> yeah, it's a great album. album. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's And obviously Iron Maiden is a favourite with most people that like heavy metal and rock music, so yeah. those would be the ones that I'd talk about. Yeah, I listened to a Maiden, what was it called, Talk of the Beast or something like that? They're quite a big Maiden podcast. 
check those mm-hmm. out so there are a few out there i've just checked there's no mastodon podcast that is a quite a niche podcast but that oh that would be fantastic yeah so uh there's an opening there's a, yeah it's available and uh you know go seek that out i don't know about led zeppelin probably you know there seems to be a uh, much more minor bands that are covered on there but maybe they're one of the big uh white whales moby dick whatever but yeah this has been great Guys, please follow us at Metallica Pod. Get in touch with me on there if you want to review a song. Give me a little, uh, you know, small character review there. Or come on as a guest, metallicapod.gmail.com. Patreon is there if you enjoy Alpha Metallica and want to give back to the show. iTunes, please leave us a review. Please subscribe. Tell a friend about Alpha Metallica. But, uh, Gerard, what about yourself? Anything to promo, sir? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, uh, just doing what I do and, uh, just supporting your podcast. No, thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you guys again for listening. We'll be back very soon. We're doing two episodes a week and we've got little uh, bonus episodes coming up. I am working on it. We'll just reveal this now on the show. I've just started writing the notes. Um, I'm going to do my top 10 worst Metallica songs. <laughs> so I'm just going to go through the songs that I really dislike and explain why. So uh, you guys can look forward to that. I'm pretty sure you won't be surprised at the list. But yeah, we've got some uh, cool episodes Coming up on the show, Sabra Cadabra coming out next week uh, with Sam But True and Seek and Destroy and Shoot Me Again. So yeah, hit me up at Gerard, thanks again, sir. Thank you very much, Tom. Been a pleasure.